This podcast is part of the TrekSphere network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit treksphere.com. Everybody's reading about their Christopher Columbus history. <laughs> and whether or not he was actually lost. Or do you still think he wasn't lost? Yeah, I still think he wasn't lost. <sighs> but we don't need to get into it right now. <laughs> As you know, this is the Measurement episode, where normally it's our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek and not just quality or crappy TV. But now we're doing, whether it's a <laughs> proper trailer and not just a quality or crappy t- trailer. Well, I guess it's a trailer. I mean, it, it looks and feels like a trailer. You know, well, yeah, the three criteria. The, yeah. Three criteria, Is, number does it, one, does it have a vague, nebulous piano <laughs> melody at the top playing some sort of recognizable theme? Does it give Check. away jokes that would be so much better to hear in context? Check. Right, right, right. And does it leave nothing to the imagination and does it spoil everything? Yes, it did that as well. And so uh, there's nothing left to discover on Picard. Right. After All right. That. So if you liked what we had to say about this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start. Let's start for a second. Let's talk about okay. Picard, the trailer for season three, if people haven't already figured it out. Yeah, well, let's, yeah let's start at the very beginning. I hear that that's a very good place to start. Um, well, at least somebody did. That's like a burn that's going to make people think about, like, does it, is it relevant or is it just something that he said that makes no sense? People right. are still thinking about it. Okay, so I guess let's start, let's start more broadly. Let's say, okay. did it entice you to watch the season three? Oh my gosh, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know because like, it looks kind of like it's going to be a season eight, like, well, a, a bloated Next Generation movie slash miniseries, which, you know, I'm here for. But as Picard season three, I'm kind of irritated, you know, because everybody we've established in the first two seasons is gone. I know that both because they're not in the trailer and because those people have said they're not going to be back. And so I assume <laughs> that if they are back, they're in some kind of cameo capacity. Right. But additionally, the people that are back are the people that I don't care as much about. So there's Rafi. Yep. She's back. Yeah. Which, great. Yeah. Seven of nine is back. Right. Which, eh. Yeah. Who else is back? Picard. That's it. Is, Picard is back. Well, okay. That's fair. Q and- is back. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Would you be surprised, though? I mean... Yes, I, w- I would absolutely be surprised if Q came back, especially since that was such a, like, okay, I'm leaving forever. Right. I'm gone now. Like, yeah, he, he he turned, as he was walking away from the camera, he actually turned and looked back at the cameras like, I'm, I'm really going now. I'm not, right. this, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Or this is not a thing where, like, I'm pretending to go and then I show up to save the day later. Did you see that part in season two? I didn't. I, I don't know if you saw uh, it. I, I, I saw it in like the making of the behind the scenes thing, and I was really confused as to why they cut it. You know, Maybe that does establish <laughs> They had a making back. of the behind the scenes? Man, do they really need – are they really that hard up for content? We uh, have teasers for trailers, so yeah. yes. Yeah. You know what really chaps my ass, speaking of that, teasers for trailers, yeah. is when they have trailers that somebody has like built – and constructed and stitched together from previously existing material that is not a trailer at all. I hate it. 
Like I went searching. I thought I read that somebody had released an Avatar 3 or 2 trailer, whatever the next one is. And I was like, okay, I want to go see this. And then I scoped around. I was like, wait a minute. That looks familiar. I was like, oh, I see what they did. Okay, that's just this one. So I'm going to go to the next one because the next one's probably – no, no, that's not it either. And I was just like, oh, there is no trailer. It's just somebody trying to get clicks on YouTube. I hate that. I wanted to – I wanted. Right. I reported them. <laughs> well, good. For racism. <laughs> I wanted to – I needed somebody to see this. This should not be allowed. Right. Anyway, sorry, you were saying? No, I, I agree completely. Um, what what chaps my ass about that is when they put it up as, like, real, official, you know, uh, whatever. Like, right. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it all. Yeah, like real Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer. And then you have to click into the comments or the, the description and, like, the last sentence is – or, like, in the middle of it so, you, so it totally gets lost. It's like, um, this is a theoretical what-if fan-made trailer. You know, it's like I know, and it's like I feel like I wasted my money on YouTube. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like you want to hunt that person down and demand your money back and have them figure out how much they have to pay you for it. <laughs> I know. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, Picard yeah. season three. Um, yeah. So this was actually an official, official, official season three. Yes, it actually had some scenes in it, and it wasn't just the actors in makeup. That's all Picard season one and two were, though. <laughs> just the actors in makeup. <laughs> um, all right, what were you going to say about you what? Uh, well, you didn't answer my question. Does this entice you to watch the show? I did. I said yes, but I'm uh, as, a, as a TNG fan, I'm very much looking forward to it. As a Picard fan, I am kind of dreading it. I'm, I'm heading towards it with trepidation. I... I will still watch it regardless, but I think that as a Picard fan, I will be disappointed. As a Picard fan, you'll be disappointed? Yeah. How could you possibly be more disappointed? Does your disappointment know no depths? <laughs> well, we've already talked about this. Like, Even if I'm watching a bad show, like two-thirds of the way through, I'm going to stick with it to the end to figure out how the story – or to see how the story goes, like how it all resolves – you know, and my wife like can just turn it off even five minutes before the ending when they're about to reveal it. She's like, "This is stupid. I'm not watching anymore." So we've we've watched two of the three seasons, and season two ended with kind of a pretty solid cliffhanger of the Borgness saying she's going to stick around and see like what it is, and you know, and ask for help when we she needs it or something like that. Okay, I have a question about I have a question about that just real quick about okay. Borgness. Okay. Yeah, what are the odds that they will quickly handle whatever? has happened with that, whatever, that relationship, that collaboration with right. the Borg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a, I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to handle it in two or three lines, maybe a scene with the, the two Picard and her together. And then she's going to go off and be like, well, I have a mission to go help the people of Alderaan and she's going to leave and she's never going to, we're never going to see her again, ever again. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I, that's how I, they're going to do that. Yes. I think within the first episode, they are going to wrap up everything from seasons one and two. Uh, I think they're going to mention in a single line of dialogue how Elnor is having a grand, grand old time in Starfleet. They're not going to bring up Rios because he's in the past. Uh, I highly doubt Guinan will be mentioned at all. I think Borgness, same thing. Like, I think that she will have a cameo in the first episode. And I think that the same thing with uh, Suri or whatever her name was. Um, she will like all of her will be just completely forgotten. And just for the, the listeners, because I didn't recognize half of the people you just talked about. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I'm not alone in that. 
Okay. So we should go through each and every one. Uh, just an extended history of all of those characters that you just said. Okay, go, Eleanor. Oh, my gosh. All right, so Eleanor okay, is... Okay, stop. <laughs> yeah, okay, so to answer my own question, will it entice me? The answer is yes, it enticed me, but only because I want to see how this is going to work. Because if you think about Next Generation, or rather even the, the, the last movie, which was Nemesis, it kind of looked like Nemesis. It actually reminded me of Nemesis. Uh-huh. They, have a, they have a bald bad guy. He's kind of right. out. He's in a Romulan ship? I don't remember. I I wanted to say it was Ferengi. But anyway, we just recently saw uh, a horseshoe crab in an episode or this trailer, and I don't remember where I saw it. So, But I'm pretty sure that Ferengi have the horseshoe crab spaceship. Uh, I don't know. It looked familiar somehow, but I don't know if it was just familiar in that sort of intimidating, ominous-looking spaceship design. Right. You know, it just this whole mm-hmm. thing, it felt like everything is dark. You know, it just felt very nemesis to me. Everybody's bald. Yes. Everybody's dark. Everybody looks older, you know, right. a different mm-hmm. kind of data, isn't it? So I don't know. Uh, oh, what to yeah. Expect. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what to expect with this because I like my Star Trek a little bit darker. I think that we've moved on from the brightly lit, happy feeling of next gen. You know, I kind of like the more. Voyager aesthetic where, you know, the lights were turned down a little bit more often. Okay. Um, so I like that. But what I don't like is there is a villain who's like a crazy person. And it seems like her, like she says the line, Starfleet will be in ruins, etc. So she's after all of Starfleet. Right. And we'll toast our marshmallows on the ashes or something like that. <sighs> I hope she said toast our marshmallows. <laughs> uh, we're going to be singing row, row, row your boat. Right. But I don't like that. I don't like that this is now, uh, yet again, another villain going after Starfleet or the Federation to bring, like, it's not just about, let's go get Picard or let's go, like, the, a singular, more focused mission of the bad guy. That seems boring to me the other way around, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be a little bit more mystery based. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. It's going to see, it seems like it's going to be like, in your face they're, action adventure. Right. Yeah. They're being yep. chased by this, although to their uh, credit, a very creepy looking villain. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to know who that is, if it's a new person or if it's something from next gen at some point. Right. I, uh, you know, I, I like, I like the idea that maybe there's more to this, that they're just sort of luring us in. I know they're not because I've seen the other two seasons. I know uh-huh. that we're going to get just a lot of action. There was a, a point though. And I literally had to go back. Like I hit the back button a couple of seconds because it cuts to Jordy, And he says, Riker and Worf, you roped them in too. But what I heard was Riker and Worf, you wrote them in too? (laughs) (laughs) They're in the show too? It was very meta. It was the most meta thing that Star Trek's ever done. (laughs) Tell me that's not what you heard the first time you heard it. Oh, absolutely it was. Yeah. 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 I... I'm so curious. Like, I get Riker because he was at the end of season one, you know, so of course he's he's willing to do whatever for Picard. But they have a child. Like, for both of them to go on this dangerous adventure and for her to be like, I, you know, like she's she's in the middle of, of it all because she does her little, you know, she's she's hiding something. Or like, I sense immense anger or whatever she said. <laughs> 
Right. I guess, I mean, they could have chained her to the bedpost or something. I mean, like, stay here. We'll be back soon. <laughs> right. But it just, it, it's, I feel like there are going to be things that were brought up in these two seasons that are completely swept under the rug. I don't think we're going to hear anything about Riker and, Tro- uh, Riker and Troy's daughter. They're not going to go into it. Or they will. No, they'll, or they'll go into it way too much. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, they'll spend a whole episode in a flashback. Right. Well, okay, so that's that's my point, is that there are all these little things that seem cool, that seem right. like a good idea. Yeah. Like, for example, I guess we should skip to the big parts, which is they brought back Moriarty. Yes. Which, he was, he was like, hello, old friends, and then brought up his guns? Like, I'm, I'm confused as to. It, it's perfectly emblematic of Picard. It's like, oh, this character who uh, the original show just kind of left hanging. And now they've right. brought it back. Oh, he's just going to start shooting at people. Never mind. This is not going to be Well, so you, you might be going in this direction as well. But with Moriarty and Lore, it makes me wonder if this is going to be like the, the next generation coda. You know, it's going to wrap up all of those episodes where it was like, well, but what, what happens next? Like that was a big cliffhanger. So we'll have the, the space bugs. We'll have Moriarty. We'll have Lore. Uh, what are some other ones? We'll have the mask. I really hope we don't have the mask. <laughs> <laughs> All of Picard's old love interests are going to show up again. <laughs> it's going to be turned into a wacky hijinks episode. So it's very <laughs> where he's trying to go on a date with like all of them. It's very awkward. <laughs> no, he keeps having to like you know change tables. He's like, oh, will you excuse me? For oh, it's going to be like, oh, it's like going to be hijinks type of thing. No, that yes. would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that reminds me. Whenever somebody does that in a movie, I always go to Superman Four, where he's trying to. Ping pong back and forth between being. Oh, a right, 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 right. Yeah. It's probably the best part of Superman 4. A long <laughs> shot. And that is saying something. <laughs> so, but more, you know what I mean, though? Like, with Moriarty, he could be, like, he was not somebody who was trying to shoot Picard. Like, he was trying no. to outsmart Picard. Just right. like. Tried to outsmart well, Sherlock. And even then, the episode ended with them being friends. He did trick him, though. Sorry, In Picard the, did trick Moriarty. Like, it was ultimately he was manipulated into an endless loop of, a, of two computers, like, running against each other. It wasn't a nice thing that he did. And they kind of just forgot about him. Well, kind of. Well, what, what he said was um, they, they put him in, like, a self contained holodeck where. They said they have they have enough adventures in there to last him hundreds of years. Right. I wonder how they're going to bring him back. Right. Or how I mean with hollow emitters it's easy now. I feel like they're not they're not going to go that route. I feel like they're going to go he's in a body somewhere or he's in a hall. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead and finish your thought about like this is emblematic of Picard. It's emblematic because you have a very interesting character where you're like, oh, this is this could be interesting. It was left hanging, but then when he pulls the gun out and starts sh- and points it at the camera, oh, mm-hmm. it's this is not going to be an intellectual, deeply thoughtful plot line. This is going to no. be him shooting right. people, and that's that's why it's emblematic of Picard because Picard could have been that way all the entire show. Yeah, but it well, wasn't. yeah, and I th- right like if I'm understanding you right, you're saying that. It, it won't matter that it's Moriarty. It's going to be a body that is going to just join their team and shoot, and it'll be like, oh my gosh, cool, it's Moriarty. But 
it being Moriarty will not have any impact to the actual plot. Yeah, it's a Moriarty decal because he's just going to yeah. be somebody who's aiming a gun and shooting at people. Right. Which is not what Moriarty would do, or at least this one ever from Star Trek. But yeah, it, it kind of made me mad. And then they just give you – they end it with what you think is sort of the little sting at the end of the trailer with more – oh, it's Moriarty. Interesting twist. Tune in. Oh, oh there's more. Oh, and also Brent Spiner. There is another reveal that they could have saved. I think that would have been way much better as a reveal because you can tell that's the reveal in the right. show. He steps right. behind a thing, and that's how they reveal it in the show. So thank you for ruining it for everybody. Uh-huh. Like the Moriarty thing, that's probably not the first time we see him in the show. Oh, no, I think it will be, but I think it's going to be very early on. I mean that like him saying, nice to see you, friends, and then he pulled out. Like that's not going to be the first time we see him in the show. That won't be his introduction in the show. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, he's not going to draw guns on, on the right. garden crew. Right. That's way quickly. No, but you can tell <laughs> that – that Brent Spiner's introduction as lore, that's not that's probably his first time we see him in the show. Yeah. And so they ruined that. Yeah. I hate yeah, that. I, right. Well, and it's so it's so frustrating because I do feel like this could have very easily been a conclusion to season two's cliffhanger, where the element that is out there that the Borg is now protecting Starfleet from because Agnes became part of the Borg and um, ties back to the first season because that creature could easily be the one from the end of the first season, but they could easily have that be like the core story. And Picard is like, this isn't enough. Like I I'm bringing on people from my previous crew. Yes. That includes Rafi. Yes. That includes like maybe two or three other people who we've never met before, but it's who they worked with, with Rafi. Yeah, I would be fine with that. I felt like they had a really cool thing with Borgness. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you just delete the new villain from the show where she has a crazy – is it a she or a he or just sort of androgynous? I can't – I couldn't quite tell. Right. I think it's a she, but you might be right that it's I, just androgynous. Yeah. Right. Which is cool. Totally cool. Yeah. I, it's kind of added to the creep factor, I guess, a little bit. Um, uh, but – just delete that villain entirely right? and just say, oh, uh, we've discovered that the universe is crumbling in on itself. It's very far away, but it's exponential on how it's crumbling in on itself and it's going to reach here in five years. We have to figure out why. Mystery. Exactly. Yep. Right? And then we set yep. off. It's like, well, and then you don't pick everybody up on the way there. Like you, there's reasons that you bring Worf on. There's reasons that you bring – Frakes on. Well, right. That's the thing. Like, you don't need to make a scene out of all these people. Like, he he says something like, I'm bringing the crew back. And then the crew is there. It seems obvious to spend an episode giving there to be specific reasons of why you want to round all these people up and get them together. I mean, everybody looked great. Yeah. Worf looks the coolest with the the old gray hair. Yeah. And it sounds like at least they use, of course, Worf bears the brunt of all of the the one-liner jokes. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and that's so, yeah, I'm actually wondering if he like Michael Dorn, if he had any say in that, you know, or if the writers were just like, oh, gosh, wouldn't it be like such a cool twist if Worf was now a pacifist? Which he was anyway. It's not like he was always I mean, yes. In the first couple of seasons in Next Gen, he was always the guy that wanted to it was suggesting we fire phasers. Right. Right. But. The latter half of Next Gen and all of Deep Space Nine, he wasn't this guy who was just always like growling 
and carrying his batleth around. Mm-hmm. That wasn't he was kind of a pacifist anyway. He was never angry, really. He always had he was kind of soft spoken. So hit this idea that he's just a pacifist now isn't very surprising. It's not like oh this is so against type. It's all it's frankly the thing that they did with Seven of Nine, where she was this buttoned up robotic personality that had no inflection in her voice and didn't understand humans because they were individuals and was always that was her arc in Voyager. And now she's completely the opposite of that. Yeah. I just felt I understand like we talked about this before about Picard, but I understand that you need to give you need to make them a little bit different because you don't want to just have them be exactly the same as it was 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. But they still need to resemble the characters they're playing. Right. Anyway, I'm still good. We're still going to watch it. (laughs) We are. Yes. And yeah. And we will give our thoughts and comments as it goes. Um, I think that. I'm going to enjoy it more as a sequel to TNG than I am as a continuation of Picard. Yeah. I just hope I enjoy it. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Right. Oh, another thing I want to bitch about with, uh, with, with lore. <laughs> okay. Why have the scene where Jordy says, lore, like that? Why, why not you leave it open? Yes, right. Brent Spiner's back. That's all we need to know. Why, maybe you could maybe drum up some enthusiasm. And excitement for the show if you leave it open to who that might be. Yeah. Right? I mean, they gave him different yeah. hair. They didn't give him the Data hair. So we probably know, and Data's dead. Yeah, it's just... Uh, the whole Brent Spiner thing. You know, he he has said he's done with Data because he's too old to play him. But here he is, like, deeply entrenched still in all Star Trek. And now he's coming back as lore. And again, same thing. Like, I'm sure that there is going to be some kind of explanation for him looking the way he does, or there won't be, but it's going to be painfully obvious, you know, that here is lore in his sixties. Yeah. I mean, he had gray hair. Looks like he's been doing something to himself. Right. Well, he he looked like he didn't have any makeup on. I did not see the pale skin. No. So yeah, something has happened. And I also like the idea that maybe he's not a villain anymore. Right. His lore was a little one-dimensional, I guess, if you think about lore, right? He was always just sort of out to get Data or out to get Picard or out to get the Enterprise. It was that was mm-hmm. always kind of the, mm-hmm. it, there didn't I don't remember there being a lot of depth to his character. So maybe he's right. not a bad guy entirely anymore. That well, would be nice. yeah, maybe right, maybe somehow the the Borgness actually picked him up and you know, converted him from a machine to a human. And in so doing, actually provided, like, she had the same conversation with Lore, uh, Agnes did, as she did with the Borg. And so now he's like, oh, maybe empathy is a good thing. Or maybe she converted him to a human as punishment. <laughs> right. Yeah, kind of the Q route. Yeah. But that's not Borg, the Borgness we know. No. No, it's not. It's the Borgness nobody knows because we don't know what <laughs> Borgness is like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I I'm enticed. Good job, CBS Plus. Is that what's called? Yeah. I feel like the the lure of having the the band back together again is not going like it's it that enthusiasm for that is not going to last very long. Like that you've got me in the door. Okay, now what are you gonna like? Just them all being in the same room again is not going to keep me interested. 
I hope they right. know that. I hope they know that about about most of the people who have a fond affection. Given the last two people. seasons, I really don't think so. I think that a lot, of, like every episode, is going to have winks and references and nods to the seven seasons of TNG. Like I, I genuinely think that that's how this season is going to play out. So you think they're going to go lower decks on this? This is going to be just a, a reference fest. Yes, yes, I do, and I, but I not in not in the. Uh, amusing way but just in a we're gonna hammer you over the head with all of these references in the hopes that you will like nostalgia will over will yeah will overtake the criticism to the actual plot and story okay you know i think it's gonna be the lion king of star trek i guess we're gonna have to find out right people who are listening person who is listening (laughs) don't get mad at me for being cynical about this they had their chance twice twice Right, exactly. And I am not a cynical person when it comes to Star Trek. Because I, I, even after being sorely disappointed twice, I'm going to go back and watch this. And I shouldn't. You, <laughs> you don't deserve my viewership. And yet I'm giving it to you again. I know. Because you put yeah. things on the screen that I recognize. <laughs> and damn it, nostalgia brings me back every time. I know. Right. And that's what, that's what I think they're banking on. Right. I think... I think that it's going to be very similar to season two, where season two was loads of fun, or or like uh, I think Christopher Nolan, um, you made that reference, definitely lost, where you kind of enjoy it without giving it any thought, and the moment you give it any thought, you're like, no, that's terrible. At least with Christopher Nolan, you're intrigued by some sort of concept or premise that keeps you going and the mechanics of that start to break down when you start thinking about it. But that usually happens after the movie In Picard. It seems like not even the premise has been really that interesting, at least in season two, it just never grabbed hold of me of like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like that never happened. No. Yeah. But maybe it will for this. You don't, we don't know, but let me tell you CBS plus I should say minus CBS minus. Listen to me. If you disappoint me one more time with this show, I'm going to go find every single CBS ad on the internet and click it 17 million times. And I'm going to cost you money. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and make you spend ad money that you wouldn't have spent if I had not clicked it 17 million times. And you will at least have to spend $10, $20 that you wouldn't have had for pissing me off. Perfect. That'll show them. Yeah, and you're going to do it too. Yep. And you're going to conscript your children to do this as well. <laughs> On their tablets? We're, we're going to have an anti-click farm. Yes. There you go. I'm here for it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, listener, if you have shared this with other people and they are now listening, and anybody else who happened to click upon this, uh, we have almost 150 episodes of our podcast where we analyze Star Trek episodes and use a very specific, scientifically-based criteria to determine if these episodes were just great TV or if they were ter- terrible TV, uh, but regardless, whether or not they were proper Star Trek. It's not our opinions. That's what we're trying to say. We have, we have criteria that we judge the episode with. Yeah, scientific-based criteria. Yeah, peer-reviewed exactly. criteria. Yeah. yeah. So go and listen. There's over... 3,000 episodes that we've had our podcast. You can listen literally consecutively for the rest of your life and not run out of podcasts. 
Do you think anyone would believe that there are 3,000 podcasts? Does any podcast have 3,000 episodes? Oh, I could easily see many having 3,000 episodes. 3,000 episodes that aren't like newscasts, that aren't like just audio versions of video things. Like they're actually maybe. Um, I think that if there are multiple people on the podcast, uh, you know, like kind of like new rock stars or what culture, um, they have multiple staff members doing different episodes. So they are able to release at least one episode a day. I guess that's true. Yeah, so if you had two people, if you had two episodes being released a day for five years, there's 3,000 episodes. That's true. Okay, so listener, we have 10,000, possibly 11,000 episodes. <laughs> we haven't counted. We stopped counting because it was just too hard. Yeah. Uh, go listen to them. Listen to what you think. Leave a review or at least rate it. You know, helps us out. Yeah. And uh, this uh, is the part where if we don't have an outro, I don't know how to end the episode. <laughs> I just keep talking. Right. So I've been Jonathan. And I've been Paul. And this has been the measure of an episode. Uh, but you and already now, knew that. And now you know that. <laughs>